Abed and all hope, listeners. You're listening to Radio Grognard, the OSR podcast about stuff, with your host, Glenn Hallstrom. Hi, folks. Old Man Grognard here. Happy Sunday. Hope you're all doing well. Looks like it's going to be a beautiful one out there. You know, I wanted to talk a bit about house rules, how they come about. This was prompted by a discussion recently on the Tavern Chat Discord server where a user named Joe the Lawyer came up with a why, how would, how would you adjudicate a mage throwing up a magic missile or missiles but the defending mage has mirror image going what would it target would it target the actual magic user or one of the one of the illusions and i came to the conclusion the illusions are the the magic user because it's magic but then my grandson said well mirror image is magic so it should go against the the illusions as well as the you know can go against the illusions or him and i said well yeah but that's that's not i don't see that as a it's not a satisfactory a satisfactory reasoning because magic knows what's what and what isn't and but then he pointed out but mirror image is a higher level spell so he got me there but the other thing I want to talk about, or, or want to mention, was the fact that in BX D&D, Basic D&D, oh, Moldvay Holmes, Mold, I'm sorry, Moldvay Cook, Marsh, puts Magic Missile as duration of one turn. Now, I find that strange. I find that strange because I in Holmes it doesn't work like that. In Beck Me or Rule Cyclopedia it doesn't work like that. But in first edition AD&D, duration of magic missile is special. But it never tells you what that is. It doesn't say in the description what it means by special. So, I'm thinking about somebody somebody likened it to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Yondu and his arrow where he can direct it around, and it's like, no, nah, no, nah, that's too much. That's too much. That's too much. Missile or missiles. My conclusion became, you can cast it, and it will be there with you, and it moves with you, until you fire it, and then it's instantaneous. But that will only last for one turn, and then it goes away. There's a turn in, like, D&D, it can either be a 10 seconds or a minute or rather that's a round it can be 10 seconds or a minute but a turn can be an hour so having this around for an hour just hitting people it just didn't catch it with me just didn't work for me so i decided to make a rule ling <laughs> ruling not rulings without rules uh, i'm i'm not going to apply this in my astonishing swordsman game because i look in the book and that states it's instantaneous and, but you see, the fact that you can do it, you can leave it there for one turn and it always hits, that's like pretty powerful. So I'm not going to do it for this campaign. I may change that in the next Astonishing Swordsman campaign. I don't know. But this is the kind of thing that makes up a house rule. My ruling on it is 
aside from what we're playing already, if I was running Swords and Wizardry or Labyrinth Lord or something like that, I would probably rule the one-turn rule is the fact that it casts it. It casts it, it stays for a turn until you fire it. Or until you or until you fire it. Which is interesting because then you can do stuff like, okay, I cast Magic Missile and save the rest of my turn or or delay the rest of my turn or whatever if you can. Because you haven't fired it, all you've done was cast it. So this is how house rules become happen. This is one way house rules happen. It's an inconsistency in the rules that you have to adjudicate on. This is why there are rulings. This is why there's a DM to make these rulings. So I'm how else I, so, so start to think about house rules. How else do house it come about? It could come about at the beginning with the DM. There are certain DM things the DM likes, things the DM doesn't like. And he will house rule it to effect. It could also come in during play. If something happens and you have to make a ruling on something, then afterwards, if you decide it was a fair ruling or if you talk to the group and whatever, you make it a house rule. Or something that nobody really likes the way it's done officially, the DM will just stand up and go, okay, I'm going to do it this way. If, Like I said, if something comes up that you haven't dealt with before, you just... I, I would just make a ruling. We'll finish, go with the rest of the game. And then at the end of the game, we're going, okay, what did we do? What did we learn? Okay, fine. This is not working out or this works better this way. So from now on, this is going to happen this way. This is the way it's going to, this is the way the world's going to work on this. So you have to keep on your toes. You have to keep, because I'm constantly surprised by stuff in these books because as a, as a DM, I don't really read books cover to cover. To me, these are reference books, but you have to read a certain amount of it to understand how the game works. And those parts are, are pretty much what your job is as a DM to make sure that the rules parts work. And, there, I'm, I'm constantly, and also is there's a bad habit here of. You got house rules, yes, but there's a bad habit of if you're dealing with the same type of game of rule set, rule set, like a class and level rule set, or a point by rule set, or a dice pool rule set, or whatever. If you've got several games that use the same basis for the rules, aka D and D, you have to. Kind of be on your toes. These days, if you got something like a clone of one of the basic or one of the D D editions, or it's something else that's sort of kind of like, but they did some modifications to it. This is where you have to keep on this is where you have to do your due diligence, your 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 work. Because you have to look through the I'd look look at the, the rule system, see how it works, and then skim the rest of the book for things that I know are common in my game or campaign and see how they work. Now, Magic Missile, I just took it for granted. It was instantaneous. I was in every edition is an instantaneous. I also hear that not, not every edition Magic Missiles automatically hit. So there's that. 
you've got to do your due diligence and just, you know, just give it a basic going over when in your spare time. Okay, this is how this works. I mean, I've seen many games like I've and also if you've played the same type of game in different editions or different ways over time you get set in those ways. You get set this is the way I run a class and level system and I'm not saying it's a bad thing. For for heaven's sake, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but it could be a bad thing. If you get so hidebound you won't try something new. For instance, class and level systems. I've got it pretty much ingrained in my head how I want to run them. And when you throw something different at me at me to run a certain part of it, even if I've done that in the past before, I'm probably going to run it the way I run it. For instance, Astonishing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea have has a, an initiative system which is each side rolls for initiative, and then you go in a certain order on one side, then you go a certain order on the other side. You know, you go, okay, ranged, missile, ranged, melee, magic, etc., etc., et right down the thing, and then the second, the, the losing side goes. I don't like that. That's not dynamic enough for me. So I, I do my usual stuff. I, we just roll individual initiative, which means individual initiative for the players, group initiative for me, because I'm not going to sit there and roll initiative for 12 freaking goblins. I'm sorry. So we do that, and then I just, and we, I use a D, we use a D10, 1 to 10, and then I just call out, and like in 5th edition, that's another thing. It's, okay, you have one initiative for the entire counter encounter that's fine but i see the dm okay what's your initiative what's your and he writes them down and they says okay go in order no i don't want to do that i just roll we roll initiative and i just start counting down ones twos threes it has the advantage of not only is it easier for me to deal with but the fact that it keeps the players on their toes because they got to hear what i'm crying out for initiative and they're the ones that say okay i'm on five you know that kind of thing so to me that's a good thing so that's a bunch of stuff on house rules and how you play the games and rulings. And we'll talk more about that later. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to go start my day. So, okay. So if you want to talk to me about this, I'm at oldmangrognard at gmail.com for an email. And for a voicemail, you can go over to Anchor and drop me one there. Usually the Anchor app, I believe. And as little as 99 cents a month, you can support this program. And I would thank you. And I love my supporters, Jonathan Dorje, Wendell Jessen, Oliver Shriek, and Mark C. Walring. Thank you, gentlemen. You guys are great. So until I see you folks next time, keep the dice warm, and I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Questions? Comments? Send them to oldmangrognard at gmail.com. We'll see you next time when Radio Grognard is on the air. Thank you.